building entirely crushed and crumbled. I'm not sure if it's safe to report from my vantage point. I, I really need to leave. So the fences inform me that the surrounding areas are, are in ruin. I, I see some people running now. And the opinion of this reporter, if this nation, or in fact the world, ever needed heroes, that time is now. That time is now. episode of Aquaman and Firestorm, the Fire and Water Podcast, a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts, the Irredeemable Shag, and along me is my co-host, the hard-traveling Rob Kelly. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Shag. It's nice to be recording with you again. This is this is some genius-level podcasting we're doing, because this is going to be the oral equivalent of showing everybody our vacation photos. And we all know how much people <laughs> love that. Hold on, let me get the slide projector set up. <laughs> I can hear the Patreon going through the roof. <laughs> By the way, for the remainder of this episode, I'd like to be referred to as my uncle traveling Matt uh, for this episode. Okay. So, yes, Rob and I are going to share our vacations. We're calling this episode Fire and Water Coast to Coast. Because <laughs> last week, both Rob and I decided to pick up and just Screw a pandemic. We're going to various parts of the world. And we picked, because, well, quite frankly, it was legal reasons that we can't get into here. But we picked the opposite corners of the country to go to. <laughs> no subtext there. <laughs> right, exactly. Oh, my gosh. So I, I'm, I am still, I'm not jet lagged, but I am still like vacation lagged, man. Like I really had a hard time going back to work. Uh, in fact, oh, they gave God. us um they gave us Tuesday off because of the election. And so like I, I came back, I worked Monday, and then I had Tuesday off. And I was nice. like and it's just uh I, I still wasn't ready to go back to work by Wednesday. I, I'm still uh exhausted and not ready for real the real world. I am never ready to go back to work. <laughs> never <laughs> never kicks in. Well, before we tell you our Coast to Coast adventures, we should take a second to thank our sponsors. Folks, uh, this episode of the Fire & Water podcast is sponsored in part by InStockTrades.com. InStockTrades is your best online source for trades, hardcovers, and other collected editions, all for up to 42% off with free shipping for orders of $50 or more. Now, what did you get, Rob? All right. Well, since my uh, trip uh, that I'm going to relay involves me going to Maine, I wanted to pick something Maine-centric. And so uh, over on InStockTrades, we've got Stephen King's Cycle of the Werewolf. Nice. uh, Which is right, an adaptation of it's an original story drawn by Bernie Wrightson. Do I need to say 
anything else at this point. <laughs> 128 pages, normally $18. And stock trades price is $13.50, 25% off. If you've never seen this book, it's gorgeous. It's just so, again, Stephen King, Bernie Wrightson doing a werewolf story. Done. So make sure you pick this up. If you've never seen it, it's terrific. And, of course, it was adapted later into the film Silver Bullet. Awesome. Well, my pick is also related to my trip where I did not go to Portland. Uh, I'm sorry, I did not go to Maine. Uh, I went to the other state that has a Portland. I went to Oregon. And there, this all ties together, I promise. And it ties into our show. I'm recommending an Aquaman trade paperback, Rob. Look at that, staying on point. Aquaman <laughs> trade paperback, volume six, Maelstrom. This is, collects Aquaman 32 through 40 and a secret, a couple secret origins. So what the deal here is, this is when Jeff Parker, uh, was finishing up his run on the book. We art by Paul Pelletier. Now, Jeff Parker, is from Portland, Oregon. So there you go. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a great run, too. If you've never read it, this is the uh, – in fact, the Aquaman movie stole a whole bunch of stuff from this book. This this is the segment that uh, Aquaman finds his mom, Atlanta, living in another dimension, which ends up in the movie. So it was crazy. So it's 240 pages, full color. It's a great ride. I absolutely love the Jeff Parker run on Aquaman. I will talk more about him at length in just a moment. Uh, retail, uh, retail price is normally $19.99, but you can get it for 42% off right now. So it's only $11.59. That's a hell of a steal. So head out there to InStockTrades.com, and please let them know the Fire & Water Podcast Network sent you. Now, folks, we also need to thank our Patreon supporters. Folks, running the Fire & Water Podcast Network with so many shows and so much online hosting and expenses and everything, it, it takes a lot of money. And the expenses went up considerably a little over a year ago. We started the Patreon, and you guys really stepped up to the plate to help. And I say this all the time, but I mean it. We honestly would not be on the air if it was not for the Patreon support. So thank you so very much. Please go out to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash podcast, and consider supporting the Fire & Water Podcast. And certain sponsorship tiers, you'll get mentioned on your favorite fire and water shows, just like these folks who chose to spawn, uh, to support the Aquaman and Firestorm show. Our thanks to Adam Ackerman, Philip Rutledge, Gord Tolton, Jason Pope, Jay Campbell, Kevin Culp, David Ace Gutierrez, and Robert Lewis. Again, our thanks to you, folks, all of our Patreon supporters, and please go out to patreon.com slash fwpodcasts. All right, so now it is uh, vacation time. Holiday row. <laughs> so we both went with our lady loves on vacation. Uh, I'll start off. Uh, I went oh, I referred to, to her. As, well, yeah, I am sure you do. Uh, we went to, originally our plan was to go fly from my hometown, which is Tallahassee, Florida, to Atlanta. Because basically, if you go anywhere from Tallahassee, you have to go through Atlanta. Even when you die and go to hell, you got to go through Atlanta. Anyway, uh, you go through Atlanta and then Atlanta to Portland. Well, we get there at the airport. The flight's at 6 in the morning, okay? So I, mean, I got to get there at like 4.15, something like that. So we get to the airport at like 4.15 in the morning. We are dead tired, right? So we sit there, blah, blah, blah. We go through the check-in, all that business. We get on the plane. We're sitting there, and, you know, do-do-do, waiting. And all the lights go off in the plane. Just dead dark. <laughs> it was a sitcom. You would have heard like a of the engine. Like, what the what just happened? Turns out the battery died. I'm not kidding. The battery on the plane died. We all deep. We all deplane. The uh, the pilot is over there chatting with people, going like, "I've been flying for Delta for 30 years. I have never seen this happen before." And apparently, there are no batteries in in Tallahassee to replace. Uh, I, I offered them a nine volt. They weren't going to take it. But um, so they were going to have to take a battery from Atlanta to our plane and they couldn't even fly. It, so they're going to drive it. So this 6 a.m. flight was going to leave in two o'clock in the afternoon. Needless to say, you might guess we were going to miss our connection. So at that moment, I turned to my wife and I said, if we get in the car, 
right now and drive like a bat out of hell, we can get to Atlanta, which is four and a half hours away, Ooh. and catch our connection. Sure enough, we did it, man. We jumped in the car, we flew, and we got there to our gate with 20 minutes to spare before. Oh morning. my god! <laughs> it was it was a knuckle biter, man. It was it was, or I don't know if that's the right term, but either way, it was white knuckles. It was close. It was a nail biter and a knuckle biter all in one. Anyway, uh, we got there, so we we took our got our flight from uh, Atlanta to Portland, and then we immediately. Left Portland. We didn't even hang out. We just got in the car and drove to the Oregon coast. So here's what we did. For, my wife had a very, 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 very big birthday last um, uh, last week. Uh, it was, she turned 29. Uh, and so it, we'll just leave it at that, folks. If you're married, you understand what I'm saying. Anyway, it was a big birthday. And so I, and I promised her years ago. I said, hey, you know what? Uh, she said, I don't want to be in our town for my, for my birthday that birthday. And I said, okay, you know, tell me where you want to go and we'll do it. She said, she picked it out years ago. So we get down to it. I'm like, and we're in the middle of a pandemic. My work is a disaster. Uh, there's so many things going on in our lives, but I wasn't going to fail her on this. So I made sure we got to go to Oregon and we drove the whole coast. We, st- we got all the way up to the very su- uh, Northern tip up to where Washington meets Oregon and drove all the way to the Southern tip where uh, Oregon meets California. And we all, we went on highway 101. It is a gorgeous drive. You're right along the coast the whole time. It's, it's like, you know, um, you see in those movies where they say take route 66 along California. Sure. Of course. It's like that for Oregon. Okay. And it was stunning, man. Oh my gosh. Oregon coast is absolutely gorgeous. Now the winter time, often it's very rainy and stormy. We had sunny weather the entire time. Oh, nice. It was cold, but beautifully sunny. Everywhere we stopped, they'd be like, you know, you're really lucky this week. Normally, it's really unpleasant, but you got really lucky. So it was just blue sky and sun the whole time. So we spent uh, the majority of our time, uh, I'll, I'll hit some of the major sites we hit, but Cannon Beach is kind of like our HQ. When we go to Oregon, Cannon Beach is our most beloved place in the world to go. Uh, it is this gorgeous beach town. It's a tiny little place, but they have this giant, enormous, famous landmark called Haystack Rock. It is freaking huge. And you see pictures of it, and you're like, okay, that's neat. Uh, pictures don't do the Oregon coast justice whatsoever, folks. You got You have to see the enormity of these things. And you're standing there's this enormous freaking rock, and it just blows you away. And we'll get into some famous things about this haystack rock in a little bit. But so that's kind of where we spend a lot of our time. There's, there's candy shops there. There's ice cream shops, restaurants. I love it. And anyway, we also went to Acala State Park. I'll talk more about that later. We went to Astoria and Seaside and Depot Bay and the Oregon Dunes, Pacific City. We went down to California, saw the Redwoods, and finally ended our trip in Portland, uh, in Oregon, which was absolutely glorious. Um, so many things I want to talk about with these places. It's just – the funny thing is uh, we posted all these pictures, right, of us on the coast, and it's like us with Haystack Rock, which is gorgeous. It's us with Gull Rock. It's us with the other Haystack Rock. So basically our entire photo album is just like, here's us with a rock. Here's us with a different rock. And you're not <laughs> going to believe this, folks. This rock is even different. And it's, <laughs> so it's uh, it's very rocky in over in Oregon, but it's just stunning, man. It is so – Freaking gorgeous. And uh, I talked to you about the, the foul weather. It's sort of funny that uh, Lewis and Clark actually got a chance, you know, went up to, to the Pacific Northwest and actually named a lot of it. And you can tell by the time they got to like Northern Oregon, they were over this shit, man. They had had enough because the areas in, in that area, uh, the, the, the locations in there, things are named like Cape Foul Weather, <laughs> Dismal Niche, um, Cape Disappointment. Starvation Creek. I'm not making any of this up. These are all legitimate places. 
And then uh, now I don't know if Lewis and Clark named all the other things, but then there's like famous landmarks like the Devil's Punch Bowl or the Devil's Turn or the Trail of Restless Waters or the warnings of exploding surf. My favorite is uh, there's all these warnings everywhere you go, like don't turn your back in the ocean. There are sneaker waves, which are these waves. I guess they sneak up behind you like Scooby-Doo, like dum 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 and kill you. So uh, it's kind of terrifying. Devil's Punch Bowl sounds like a really sordid sexual act. It absolutely is. So the, uh, the devil's punch bowl is, uh, it's, it's a sea cave, which has collapsed. And so you're standing way up on this cliff face and you're looking down. It would looks like almost like a punch bowl. It's almost shaped like a punch bowl and the sea just fills it up and the waves are crashing around in there. And it's really impressive. But what gets even more interesting is further down the way, uh, is Thor's hammer. I'm sorry, not Thor's hammer, Thor's well which is another sea cave that's collapsed, but it's at a lower level. So what happens is it's this giant circle uh, of rock that you just see. You don't even, you can't even see it when the, when the tide is low. It just looks like a, every other piece of rock. But when the water starts rising and comes over it, it goes, it comes up and it basically turns into a sinkhole in the ocean. It's the weirdest damn thing. The ocean comes up and it covers it. And then all of a sudden all the water floods down into it. It looks like a, like a, a circular round wall, almost like a waterfall pouring down and inward. They call it the sinkhole of the Pacific. And when that, when the tide comes up, it is stunning. It is unbelievable how gorgeous it is. Um, so it's called Thor's well, which, you know, of course I'm thinking of, you know, Chris Helmsworth and all that, but, uh, it's really, really astonishing. I'm sure your wife was thinking about Chris Hemsworth as well. <laughs> Quite possible, quite possible. Uh, I don't like to think about that. But anyway, um, the, we, when we were in Cannon Beach, which is like what, probably our favorite place in the world, it, we stayed in this cute little, it's kind of like, it's like a cottage almost, like a beach cottage. And we could walk everywhere. That's what I love. We could walk over to Haystack Rock, which is the main like uh, natural touristy attraction. You could walk downtown to where all the restaurants are and the ice cream shops. There's a, there's a fantastic candy and ice cream shop that they can't get me out of. Uh, I, I actually, I went 2,300 miles just to get till um, what do they call it? Til- Tillamook. Oh gosh, mudslide. That's what it's called. Tillamook mudslide ice cream. I've had it before. It is unbelievably good. I and, know you uh, like your ice cream. I've seen it. I've seen it in person. I, I, I yes, you have. I almost posted pictures of this damn thing, but it kept melting too fast where I could get pictures. Of it. I was going to post pictures to say like 2,300 miles, absolutely worth it. But uh, it's it's ice cream so. Uh, so I, I can go on and on. Why don't, why don't we hear from you for a little while, and then I'll come back into it, because I'm, I'm just going to keep gushing at how wonderful this place was. All right. Well, for, two things I wanted to say, though, before we get off this. First of all, it, I, I'm a big fan, as we all know, but it is really uh, writing malpractice that Jeff Parker never took Aquaman to the Devil's Punch Bowl. How does he not? <laughs> come on. I mean, it, it, it writes itself. Jeff, come on. It's in your back, backyard, buddy. What are you doing? That's fair. That's fair. Uh, and secondly, how did you first go to Portland? Like, I mean, that's not natural to where, I mean, it's at the other end of the, of the, of the country. So how did you end there in the, end up in the first place to find out that you liked it so much? Oh, okay. All right. I, I've been there now five or six times. Um, I actually went out there for a wedding. My college roommate uh, was marrying a, a very nice young woman from Portland, but they were living in Tampa at the time. Uh, they, they were, uh, so, but her hometown was Portland. So they're getting married there and her, her family was there. And so he invited me to be at the wedding, um, and I, uh, I was part of the bridal party and I'm like, okay, well, we got to go. So my wife and I, we, you know, this is back in 2012, May, we got gussied up and went out to Portland and not having no idea what to expect. We just knew it was supposed to be, you know, a weird town. In fact, one of their slogans is keep Portland weird. Sure. But it's what it's in the Portlandia credits. You see? Yeah, that? exactly. Um, and by the way, okay. Before anyone asks or he's like, Oh, Portland's a disaster, you know, with the riots. No, it's not. 
television media has made it look insanely awful. I can tell you from talking to people from Portland and seeing what I saw, the, the riots and all that take up two square blocks of Portland. That's it. And the rest of the town acts like it's not even going on. So basically the word in the street is don't be in that area at night unless you want to get arrested is kind of how they phrase it. And so, yeah, it's it, it, television makes it seem like it's an anarchist. I think he I got what an anarchist jurisdiction or whatever. Uh, it's complete BS. Anyway. Uh, so we went out in 2012, had a glorious time, fell in love with it. We went hiking. We went to see some of the most amazing waterfalls, all these things. Uh, and, and my wife and I, she, my wife on the trip, she's like, this is, this is where I want to live. This is where I want us to move. Nice. And, and I was like, wow, okay. So I, for work, I've had to return several times for because um, we have a client there. So I'd go out to Portland, see the client, like on the first half of the trip, and then my wife would fly out and join me. So we'd been out there, like I said, I, I think we've lost counts four or five times. And this time, there was no work trip associated. It was just simply the vacation. And she wanted to be a, a week long of just because we always do Portland. We always do Portland. We always do the Cinco Multnomah Falls. We always do the Columbia River Gorge, which is unbelievable dude and they have, in fact in portland they have a bookstore called powell's books you can't really go into it like normal right now but you go to powell's books it takes up an entire city block a city let that process for a minute a city block bookstore like five stories high you go in and you're like excuse me um could you tell me where the science fiction is and they're like yeah the second floor i'm like okay where in the second floor no the second floor i'm like oh my god this is amazing um it is it's a, it's glorious anyway there's a, there's a tram coming by to take you there and then <laughs> so we spent a lot of time in portland we have so uh this time again was, she said i want to i want to do oregon again but i want to do something different let's go explore the coast and that's what we did so that's how we ended up in portland and if all goes well, once the kids are finally all grown and out of the house, um, well, I guess there's only one left in the house. But anyway. Uh, I, the, I'm going to stay as long as I damn want to, Shag. <laughs> the goal is to – you are really on fire tonight, man. Uh, <laughs> I've had the, two weeks off from you. I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm the water with all the rocks. Uh, anyway, so um, – the goal is to end up in Portland at some point for for life. All right, that's really going to throw a monkey wrench into our who's who schedule. But okay, the recording schedule is going to be a beast, right? When I say I want to start at ten o'clock at night, and you're I like, know. that's one in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, tough it up, Kelly. Go jog five miles and shut up and get on the mic. <laughs> say that right. anyway. That's true. So I want to hear about yours because again, I'm just going to keep talking about rocks and water, but I'll come back to hiking and everything in a minute. Go ahead. All right. Well, fair enough. Yeah. Well, we we went to Maine uh, specifically, basically right outside of Bang Bangor, uh, Maine, because that is where uh, there is the house of uh, our friend and friend of the network, Corey Drew. Uh, he has a house. He grew up in Maine, and so he has a house that's sitting right on a lake slash pond. No one seems to quite know whether it's a lake or a pond, uh, but anyway. <laughs> Uh, it's his childhood home, and uh, he uh, very generously offered to let Kelly and I stay there whenever we wanted to. So I, a long time ago, arranged to take this trip for uh, Kelly's birthday because it was it was uh, last week. It was a very, not last week, two weeks ago. It was a very, very uh, hectic, not hectic, a very, very eventful couple of days because in the space of uh, one week, we got engaged. Woohoo! Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, sorry, sorry, uh, ladies and uh, Sean Myers. I'm off the market. <laughs> and, um, uh, and, uh, it was Kelly's birthday and then we went to Maine. So it was a bunch of big, big stuff all in a row. So, uh, we stayed there and his, again, his house is right on the lake. So it's beautiful. I mean, it's just the view is just, is just gorgeous. Now, it was sort of funny because <laughs> Corey warned us because Corey lives both in New Jersey and Corey and his fiance. 
uh, both live uh, simultaneously in Maine and New Jersey. They toggle back and forth. And uh, simultaneously he, means at the same time. Okay, so right. they well, did like one foot in one, one foot in the other. Yeah, he's 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 technically a uh, resident of Maine, but he has the house in New Jersey. And um, it was sort of funny because he first of all he told us about the drive. The drive is nine hours. Oof, that's ouch. a long drive. That's a long drive. Uh, if you and I, your you and your new fiance can survive that, you can survive anything. <laughs> the only time the only time I've ever driven further was when I drove to Florida a bunch of years ago, and that was you know I maybe want to kill myself. And so, but we were like nine hours we can do. You know, it is that's a long drive. That's a long drive, and it's and it's weird because again, he warned us of this: is that you drive, 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 and then you get to Maine, right? And you know, mentally, you're like, oh, we're here. Well, no, you're still two and a half hours away from Gordon's <laughs> house because Maine is big and it's tall and he's like in the center of the state. So we took a while, it took us for a while to get there, but we finally did get there. And then he also warned us that when he's away for any length of time, the local spiders uh, decide it's safe to go in the house. Ah. Yeah. So <laughs> he told us, he's like, when you get there and you go into the bathroom, Make sure you look up on the ceiling because when you're getting a shower, the spiders are going to come down. Oh my god! Okay, so we That's, did. That this now. is a horror movie. I mean, I given given who's in Banger, this is a horror movie waiting to happen. Seriously. Now, luckily, we only saw one spider the whole time, and uh, I don't like killing insects. I don't like killing anything um, except your hopes and dreams, Shag. But I don't like to kill. <laughs> I don't like to kill anything. Uh, if it's a bug, I will try and get a cup and capture it and take it outside. A, this spider, the circumference of the spider with his legs was like my hand. Mm -hmm. That was already deeply upsetting. So I find the spider and I see him and I'm like, okay, and I'm looking around to find like a cup and I couldn't find one. And while I'm looking away, I'm like kind of going over here, I see him skittering around and under things. And I'm like, nope, buddy, sorry, I can't have that. And so I I gently sent the spider to his next phase of existence. (laughs) Let's say. Um, now, I'll tell you, my wife is a vegan and animal lover, uh, but apparently ants and sp- fire ants and spiders are on the it's okay to kill list. Well, so fire you're, ants you're, are dangerous. You're fire in the clear. Yeah, you're in the clear. I, I, said, I, I do my absolute best, but if the if the spider in question is like not going to cooperate, I'm like, all right, sorry, buddy. Anyway, so there was that. But anyway, we so we left at like uh, five in the morning, so we would get there at like two. So we had the rest of the day uh, to to uh, to enjoy it. And so, you know, it was weird because we got there and we were both a little tired because we both driven, you know, four and a half hours each or whatever. But at the same time, I was like, well, it's still only like four o'clock. So we went right immediately out and did stuff. And one um, comment I will make about Corey's neighborhood, very rural, no street signs, very well, very few street signs, no street lights uh, when driving back at night. That was fun. Um and I will make this comment uh, only because it was it, it genuinely was something that I noticed while I was there. And it's really uh, was that Corey's neighborhood is um, or maybe was at this point Trump Central. Every house had a 20 foot Trump sign on their lawn. I mean, not just a sign, but like a sign. And it was like it was freaky. You know, it was like, oh, my God. And it was so funny because it's like I mean, it's a cliche that, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words. But it's like when you see that many signs in a row, my brain was like, oh, my God, he's going to win Maine by 100 percent, which I knew intellectually was not going to happen because Maine has not gone red in 25 years. 
It was not, but yet it was just the image was, it, it overrode my circuits. And it's just amazing. And I think it might be the same way if you were in a very red state, but you happen to pick, you know, a progressive pocket and you saw a bunch of signs all about like Biden, you would be like, oh my God, Biden's going to win Alabama. No, he's not. I'll give you a real world example. Perhaps if you live in one of the few blue counties in Florida that led you to believe that Florida might actually go blue, you, you might right. be mistaken in that way. Yeah, it's, it was. It's all hypothetical. Right. It's just it was just amazing. It was just like it, my brain had to keep resetting itself because I was like, oh, I, I, yeah, I mean, I know he's not going to win Maine, but um, uh, there's a lot of signs. And they were like, no, he's not. So it was just that was particular. That was just that particular neighborhood. And the funny it's, thing, well, it, it's like who's who and uh, Rex the Wonder Dog. I, I, I had a, uh, an unbalanced perception of how important Rex Wonder, Wonder Dog was because he had a who's who injury. There you go. And and again, and you then you saw the reversal of that because five minutes outside of Corey's neighborhood is the town of Bangor, which is Stephen King's neighborhood. Uh, grown his uh, you know wit. okay Stephen King grew up there. Uh, well, among other places in, in Maine, and his house is there. Now, it is not his house in that he's in there typing away. It is like his – it's his, like, business house now. Like the Stephen King industry is run out of this house. And it used it looks, to be his house. It used to be his house, but now it is no – I think he actually spends most of his time in Florida from what I've heard. But he's um, also got a, a new lake house he's building in Maine as well. Okay. So – but this house looks like Stephen King's house, and Kelly's a huge Stephen King fan, as, as am I. I haven't read any of his books in a long time, i got to admit. His on-writing book is one of my favorite books of all time, though, so I do love that, and I love a lot of the movies and stuff. So we had – that was the first thing we did. We got right out, went over to Bangor, and went to the house, and we took pictures. She bought a copy of Salem's Lot on paperback, and we snapped pictures of the two of us, and we felt like such touristy nerds. <laughs> and you could see people walking by completely oblivious – and not oblivious, uh, uncaring – because, of course, they live there. You know, yep. they don't care anymore. And we felt like nerds, but we did it anyway, and it was very exciting. And she just felt like she crossed it off her bucket list, like she got to see Stephen King's house. But anyway, the point I was trying to make was five minutes outside of Corey's neighborhood, which is just Trump Central, you go to Bangor, and it's nothing but gay pride flags, and everybody's wearing masks, and everything's like, we serve everyone here. You know, like, it is the complete opposite of that in less than five minutes from the house. So it's like, yeah, the minute you get to kind of like a city – then it flips over. And that's pretty much Maine in a nutshell is, is like cities, super progressive, super liberal. And then you go to the rural counties and it is just Trump signs everywhere. But yeah, I, I kind of have a related story. Uh, a year ago, my wife and I took a vacation uh, for our wedding anniversary and we went to Maine. That's where she wanted to go. And so we actually spent time in Bangor. Uh, Corey and I corresponded about that leading up to it. And we spent time in Freeport and uh, Portland, Maine. So Portland, Maine last year, Portland, Oregon this year, kind of nice symmetry. Anyway, um, and we did – I don't know if you saw it when it was there. There's a Stephen King tour bus you can mm -hmm. ride – or tour or whatever it's called. I, think it, I can't remember what it's called. But it's a, it's a white van, and you go around, and the guy tells you all about all this stuff. And we did that last year, and we took the Stephen King tour, and he takes you to like, you know, in the cemetery. This is where they film part of, you know, um, Pet cemetery or whatever. And they, they stop in front of Stephen King's house to take all the pictures. And so we're having this nice ride, and the sky's great, and we're thinking, you know, and we're thinking about Stephen King, who is very, very, very uh, liberal and anti Trump. And the guy who's taking us on the tour drives us through this one area and he's like, and here's the water uh, tower that was used, you know, they used it in the movie It, or they used a, uh, that was the inspiration for the, this, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, and Stephen used to sit right over there on that bench. And he goes, and there's my house. 
meaning the tour guy's house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the biggest Trump flags I'd ever seen yes, in front of yeah. this guy's house. And all I could think was, that must put a strained relationship on this tour guide who <laughs> apparently knows Stephen and has worked with him for years because he guy used to own a bookstore and would have Stephen in to do signings. So I'm like, that, that must have really put a strain on their relationship. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, but and by I the would, way, when, I understand the Maine driving too, by the way, because when we went to Maine, we flew into Boston and drove up to Maine uh, and then went as far up into Canada because we're better friends than you are to go see Siskoid. Uh, so I understand the hard driving through Maine. It, so there's some areas of Maine that are like a freaking desolate desert, except well, you have to watch out for moose so you don't get killed. There were moose signs. There were moose crossing. We really felt everywhere. Like we, were, we were in Maine. I mean, we got the moose signs. Related to that about Canada was uh, one of my uh, number. Well, I, there's a great many things that are wrong with me. One of the things that's wrong with me. <laughs> we don't is, have that much time, Rob. Is yeah, exactly. Um, is, uh, is I am directionally challenged. Uh, I I just get lost so easily, even with the in help the bathroom. Of, even I'm moving past that, even with the help. Of Google Maps, I get horribly lost. I'm just bad at it. I don't know why. I think I get I get like panicky when I think I'm about to make a wrong turn or something, and it's like whatever. Now, luckily, Kelly is excellent at it. She can see basically, uh, you know, we we can go somewhere one time, and she'll remember. Oh, we go here, left, right here, whatever. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. She's excellent at it, so it helps. That, but I was driving her crazy because I was driving a lot, uh, in and I was driving her car. And I was just getting lost left and right and not making right, not making the turns correctly and stuff like that. And it's like without her, without her there, I would right now be driving around in Canada, totally lost, <laughs> looking, probably looking for Siskoid's place so I could crash, knowing he wouldn't let me. But nevertheless, that's where I would be. I would not be recording the show. <laughs> well, thank you, Kelly. Uh, not yeah. Rob Kelly. Thank you, Kelly. Yeah. By the way, we, we named this whole trip. Well, we have a, uh, as we've seen, as people have seen on Facebook, we, we, we have branded ourselves as K2HQ because that's our apartment. Although we like to think of K2HQ as a state of mind, not necessarily a location. But we have branded this trip K2H Moose. That's oh my gosh. So yeah, it's all about, it's all about the branding in the 21st century. So. When, when we stayed in Freeport, I mean, the, the guy who we stayed at bed and breakfast in Freeport, Maine last year, and the guy was telling us, cause we told him we we're driving to Canada. He's like, okay, well just, you know, you really got to watch out for moose. He's like, here's what's going to happen. They're really tall and they're really top heavy. So when you hit one, not if, when you hit one, it's going to smash into the hood, roll up into the windshield and crush the top of the car and kill you. So when you do this, you need to duck. All right. And again, none of this was hypothetical. He's just telling us it's going to happen. And it's like, you need to duck. So the moose rolls over you as it crushes the hood and you don't die. Then you need to immediately jump out of the car and shake off because hundreds of ticks are going to fall off the dying moose onto your body and you're going to get Lyme disease. And I'm just like, oh, my God. So driving home from Canada at night in the middle of this desolate desert of basically two, two hours without seeing a single streetlight or other car, I'm like white-knuckled, wide awake, staring all over the sides of the road going, oh, my God, no moose, please. No moose. Oh, my God, don't. No moose, please. So it's quite terrifying. <laughs> Sorry. It sounds like it. They are, they are big. They are yes. big, big creatures. So. <laughs> oh my all right. God. So, all right. Go on. Why don't you pick up where, you're, where you guys left off? Oh, well, you, you talked about the driving. Uh, we did in, in, in Oregon, well, between the drive to and from Atlanta, and then the Oregon, uh, we, we clocked more than 1,500 miles. 
uh, in a week, which is a lot of driving. Uh, maybe not as much as your nine hours. I don't know what that worked out to mileage wise, but, uh, it was, it was a lot of driving, but it was fun. Uh, you, and, and I'm glad you brought up the masks and everything because Oregon, wow, what a difference from Florida. See here in Florida, uh, the whole wearing a mask and watching out for coronavirus and social distancing, that's just kind of a thing we laugh about here. And that's for other people. We just, we don't do that here. Um, okay, some of us do, but the state in general is, is really stupid. But in Oregon, man, they take that crap seriously. Wow, like I was in a convenience store, like grabbing a soda or something, and this lady screamed at a dude because they have a statewide mandate on masks. Like who walked in the store? She's like, "Get out! Go get a mask!" And I'm like, "Wow, man! Mm. I wish it was like, wish it was like that in Florida." But uh, so yeah, they're all very respectful of social distancing. There were masks. We actually, um, you know, obviously the flight through the airports was a little scary. Uh, you know, we used to, we bathed in sanitizer and wore our masks and all that stuff. But uh, other than the being in the airports and stuff, we really weren't around that many people for most of the trip. Because when we're out looking at rocks, it's us out, and there might be people a couple hundred yards away or something or on a beach. But uh, we don't have to be around other humans for the most part, which is really nice. So that that part of the the whole social distancing and everything was 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 really nice. Um, oh, other cool stuff. Uh, I drove on a beach. That was exciting. Uh, a little terrifying because I, I was driving just a regular, you know, a normal car, not a four wheel drive. But it, it says only four wheel drives, and I'm like, hmm, we're gonna go ahead and do this. So I drove on the beach, which was very exciting. You're uh, I, to drive a car on a beach? Only a certain strip of a beach. Yeah. And uh, my wife kept going, are we going to be okay? And I'm like, oh, it's fine. The whole time, terrified. Completely terrified. I, I could tell the, the sand was so packed. We wouldn't have any problems when we were there. But with getting on and off the beach, it was a little softer. And I, I was so worried we were going to lose it. I just wouldn't tell her until we were back on pavement. I'm like, <laughs> once we get back on pavement, I'm like, oh, my God, thank God we made it. But, um, you know, if I'd been in a four-wheel drive, I would have been fine. But this was, again, just a, a little Hyundai, you know, just a little car. But, um Oh gosh, what else? So, um, yeah, we did some of the most amazing hiking in Ecola State Park. Um, we tried to hike, uh, I think 1.4 miles to this place called Crescent Beach. We couldn't get there because all these enormous trees that were almost as tall as, as Gina had fallen over. And we'd like, we would move around this one and this one. But eventually we, we eventually gave up and we're like, okay, this, this is getting a little too much for us. But it was a, probably, oh, the most enjoyable nature hike I've ever had. Cause one of the things, about the, the Pacific Northwest is the trees, man. They don't look like any other trees I've ever seen. Um, they're, they're just – the way they grow, the shape, the way the branches come off, the moss, the thickness. There's just something about Pacific Northwest trees that are just stunning. And, uh, and just the hike walking through that is, is just breathtaking. Now, if you live up there, maybe take it for granted. But being a Florida boy, this is a world difference. And it's funny. Every time we go, every time we go anywhere with trees there, I always say the same thing to Gina. She gets pissed off at me. I'm like, you know what this makes you want to do? She's like, what? I want to do a rewatch of Eureka. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is not where I thought that was going. Right. Exactly. Well, that, that, I'm not going to tell you those bits, uh, but the, those bits were fun too. But anyway, yeah, the, uh, the hiking, um, it always makes me think of the TV show Eureka. So I started my rewatch of Eureka. Every time I go to Oregon, I start a rewatch of it because it always looks like it's filmed there. It's supposed to be, it's supposed to be Oregon, even though it's filmed up in Canada. Um, so, all right, you know, why don't I get into some of the geekier experiences? Cause you people don't want to hear me talk about this rock and that rock and this rock and that rock, but I'll tell you some of the geeky stuff. So Astoria, uh, many of you probably already know this, but Astoria is famously the location where, um, a guy named Dick Donner, who has absolutely no association to our network whatsoever and is not a friend of Rob Kelly's. <laughs> That's all a bald face lie. Dick Donner. I don't know the man. He's, I know he's in the next room drinking tea. I get it, Rob. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, Dick Donner filmed the Goonies in Astoria. 
Well, everyone says it's a story. It's actually not all in Astoria. He also filmed in Cannon Beach, and he also filmed in Nicola State Park. So we went to Astoria, a uh, cute, cute little sort of beachy town. Uh, really, I, it's it's not like a small town, but it's definitely like a small working community, you know, fisheries and things like that. And um, and you can drive right up and uh, to the street and then walk up this little hill and right to the house that Michael or Mikey, I guess it was Mikey and um, Brand. Uh, lived in in Goonies, the whole house they were trying to save. That was the whole point of the movie is the kids were trying to save their house that was being bought out by a country club. So you can walk up there and take a picture right in front of the house, and it's still somebody lives there. Uh, they just ask you don't, like, walk up too close to the house or peek in the windows and stuff like that. And there's been one time or two there's been owners that didn't like you to do that. But they're, they, you know, we didn't see anybody. We just walked up the hill, took our picture, and got out. But that was kind of cool. You could see other stuff, like there's a there's a bowling alley uh, that was briefly in the movie. There's some other locations, but really the the big ones for us were the house. And then in, over in Ocola State Park, you actually go to the spot. Uh, it's right there. It's where they can't miss it. Where they filmed the restaurant scene, like the exterior where the boys sneak up. Uh, first of all, you you've seen Goonies, right? I assume. Of course. Okay. Well, you, just, you weren't saying anything, so I got worried. Anyway, so when when the boys sneak up. Uh, and the girls to the, to the restaurant, which is a, an old lighthouse and a, an abandoned restaurant where they meet the, the Fratellis are there. That place is right there. I mean, you can, you can just Google it and you can stand in the same spot and take pictures. And I did. And it was really cool. And so we stood there and I'm, I kept thinking, okay, I'm here at the, at the restaurant. So that means right beneath me somewhere is one eyed Willie's treasure. So we went looking, uh, no luck. Uh, otherwise I wouldn't be doing this crappy show, but, uh, so, but it was. I know, but it was neat to be there. <laughs> Apparently, uh, kindergarten cop was also filmed in that same parking lot, uh, which is strange, but so a cold state park. And then in Cannon beach, I mentioned Haystack rock already. If you remember the opening of the Goonies, uh, there is a jailbreak and they break one of the Fratelli brothers out of jail. And then the mom is, or the brother, I can't remember which one of them's driving, but they drive all over Astoria and you see them jumping all these like hills that look like San Francisco kind of hills. Then those are all there, but then they end up on a beach. And they drive along a beach amongst like a, a truck rally of all these trucks driving on the beach in, in Oregon. Well, that's not actually a story. That's uh, a little way south in, in Cannon Beach, which I kept telling you was like my home base for when I'm in Oregon. And um, that that's Haystack Rock. So like this place that we'd love to go to that you, you Rob, have received Christmas cards of me standing in front of Cannon Beach, uh, the rock. Uh, and that's the rock that's from Goonies. So uh, mm-hmm. that was sort of our Goonies adventure. And then while we were staying at Cannon Beach, the, the little – cottage we were in uh the front desk had all these movies you could check out so we checked out the goonies and we watched the goonies while we were there even though we've seen it but uh it was just fun to go oh we saw that oh we saw that like oh i didn't even realize that was there okay so that was fun that was one of the geekier things then uh i mentioned we went all the way down to california uh in fact i took a picture of myself in front of the welcome to california sign and sent a text to david is gutierrez and said you smell that and then just sent him a picture of me in California. But um, a little bit over the state line is the Jedediah Smith Redwoods State Park. Now, there are multiple areas you can go see redwoods in California. These, are, As I understand, there's a place further south which has even bigger redwoods. But I, I, didn't, I didn't want to go further south because I had to go back north. I didn't want to keep going into California. Um, besides, I was afraid people like him and Aaron Headmoss might smell me. So I decided I would do, we'd just go into Jedediah Smith and then head back north. And Jedediah Smith Redwoods are famous for what, Rob? Uh, what? What are they? What? What are they? Return doing? of the Jedi. Oh, is that where that was? Is Supposedly, that yeah. Okay, all right. Um, now there's. Yeah, I did a bunch of research on it. Uh, from there's multiple claims of where the actual spots were. Some people say that it's on private land owned by some guy. That it's a hunting thing and you can't get on it. Other people say the land was cleared and, not, and the trees aren't there anymore anyway. I don't know. I've decided though. 
I, I have just declared this one spot on the ground, which is where that little Ewok died. We looked for his burial marker. We couldn't find it. But we've decided that's where the little Ewok died. I know. Took lots of pictures of us in front of the Redwoods. Damn, those things are big. Uh, had all kinds of inappropriate jokes about size uh, throughout the whole trip, but um, we, we, we uh, just, I think it's fair to say we got all we got all caravan of courage up in there. So uh, it was it was really impressive. When you sent that picture to David Ace, did he write back with, "Oh man, no who's who"? <laughs> no, no. So specifically, uh, I, in fact, I timed it. I just sent him one that says, "You smell that." And he thought I was making a, the rock reference. And then I sent him the picture of me in California. And then he goes, are you in L.A.? I'm like, no, I'm not in L.A. Anyway. <laughs> um, interestingly enough, we spotted three TARDISes in the wild, completely out of the blue, uh, in weird-ass locations. Uh, and, and, like, the first one, we were going to see Rob's favorite, The Devil's Punch Bowl. And uh, just on the side of the road, literally, as you walk up there in front of this guy's house, is a TARDIS. This guy built it and has it right there, and you can take your picture in front of it. And the embarrassing thing is all three of these TARDISes in the wild we found, I'm not the one who spotted them. My wife is. So mm-hmm. I'm a bad Whovian, and she's an awesome wife is what that boils down to. So Devil's Punch Bowl had that one. I, I took a picture there. Then over in Astoria, uh, with, again, the Goonies location, there's a cute bookstore called Lucy's Books. They were actually closed the day we were there. But you can look through the window, and they have a giant life-size TARDIS in there. And the way it works is you open it up, and inside the TARDIS is their sci-fi book section. Very cool. Uh, so course. cool. Isn't Very that awesome? Sharp, yeah. Um, so we couldn't get in, but I got lots of pictures through the window. And the last TARDIS was actually uh, in Portland in the Hawthorne District. And it was just uh, – it was actually a door – uh, and it's, it's actually to a tattoo shop, but it's painted blue and it's got all, it, and it says like, instead of police, uh, police public call box, it says tattoo public call box. And it's, uh, it's, it's adorable. And so, yeah, three different artists, which is wonderful. Uh, another geeky thing was we got to hang out with some fellow podcasters. I can't believe my wife on her birthday trip. Let me do all this geeky stuff. She, uh, when we we're in Oregon, she uh, helped me make arrangements to hang out and have lunch with Rick Heineken and Nicholas Prom. So Rick Heineken from Jeff and Rick presents the power of unpacking the power power pack and Nicholas Prom from comic reflections. Now both have appeared on our network several times. Both of them are close friends of the network. Uh, I have had drinks with them both, uh, before in a place called the Nerd Out, which sadly is no longer open. But we met in a food cart, uh, food truck area in Milwaukee and ate outside because, quite frankly, they're smart. And we had been going through airports and traveling all over the country. So, like, we'd love to see you from a distance. <laughs> so uh, we all got food, sat outside, chatted, had a wonderful time. It's so nice to catch up with those guys. I uh, absolutely adore them. Now, Rick gave me a bag of goodies, and he said, now, half of that's for you, Shag, half of that's for Rob. And I have <laughs> I no love- in- I have no intention of ever giving that stuff to Rob. Just so I everyone's love close. that Rick thinks you and I live together. That's fantastic. <laughs> Hang on. After that, we get done recording, Rob. I'll come down to the basement and give you the stuff. Um, <laughs> Now, Rick has, uh, Rick, Rick lives in this area where we hate, which is called Milwaukee, uh, Oregon, which is just basically a, a district or an area of Portland, kind of, or suburb of Portland. And w- Milwaukee, Oregon is famous for being the headquarters of Dork, Dark Horse Comics. Uh, I started calling it Dork Horse. I didn't mean to, but, uh, that'd be pretty funny. Dark Horse Comics. And so we actually saw their offices and we took some pictures of that. I took a picture of a no smoking sign that had concrete because I thought Rob would like that. I love my concrete. I know you do. 
And then across the street from Dark Horse Comics is a comic shop called Things from Another World. And I, I don't understand completely the relationship. They called it a sister store to Dark Horse. I think the guy who founded Dark Horse founded Things from Another World. I didn't get all the details on it. But it's, it's essentially, it is connected to Dark Horse Comics. So I felt, you know, I was, I felt obligated. So I bought, uh, the trade paperback for Umbrella Academy there. Uh, and then just stood outside the store with a Dark Horse in the background and took pictures of me holding Umbrella Academy with the Dark Horse offices behind me. I felt like that was, you know, the thing to do. Then in Oregon, uh, we went to uh, possibly, I don't want to say my favorite comic shop in the world because I've got a few, but it is one of my absolute favorite comic shops in the world. We went to Cosmic Monkey Comics in Portland, Oregon. If you're ever in Oregon, you've got to go to Cosmic Monkey. It is astonishing. It's amazing. It's, it's super packed with tons of stuff. They have, a, um, they have a side room full of all kinds of stuff. They've got an upper area with all this kid stuff. It's, it's just packed. It, it, is, it is a comic collector and, and enthusiast, maybe a comic enthusiast playground. It's got so much stuff, so much older stuff, so much quirky stuff. Uh, Rob, I bought a digest while I was there. I oh, bought, Batman, uh, yeah. yes, I bought the best of DC Batman digest. Uh, it's got the seven thrillers included, including the, uh, the infamous, uh, Joker's five way revenge. So <laughs> might be, might be worth doing. I don't know. You should cover that on the network sometime. I don't think it's been done. I don't think it's ever been covered on their network. Um, so what else? Uh, I, I mentioned I, I bought Umbrella Academy. I also bought uh, – so here's – I mentioned I was going to talk about Jeff Parker. So Jeff Parker is a native of Portland. He lives there. Uh, actually, I don't know if he was born there. But either way, he lives there, and he's, he's, he's famously connected with – he's done lots of comics about Portland, things like that. Anyway, so every time I go to Portland, I feel like it's my duty to buy some Jeff Parker comic books. And so I always do. And it's getting harder and harder because I own almost everything the man's written now because I have such a comic comic creator crush on this guy. So, But I did buy a couple of Agents of Atlas trade paperbacks, uh, Agents of Atlas versus the X-Men and versus the Avengers. And I bought one just called Atlas or Return of the Dimension, uh, Third Dimensional Man. And then I bought this miniseries called uh, from – it was Wildstorm, which is owned by DC. But it's called Mysterious the Unfathomable. I can't wait to read this. It looks really amazing. It looks so good. Parker and then a guy named Fowler drew it. It looks so weird and quirky. Anyway um, – so I tweeted about it and I said, you know, hey, you know, just finished on my Portland trip. As always, I, I buy uh, Jeff Parker stuff while I'm here. And I shared a picture of it. And I mentioned Cosmic Monkey and the other comic shop I went to, which was called Excalibur Comics. Uh, and Jeff responded on Twitter. Tw- Jeff and I actually had a conversation. Uh, I've got such a crush on this guy. I'm sorry. I'm just oh, I'm such a fanboy. And he's just like, oh, you should have told me I was there. I would have I pedaled my bike down there and autographed them for you. And we just went back and forth and joked about different things. But I'm just what a great guy. I mean, he wrote Aquaman. He wrote an amazing run on Aquaman. He's written so many great runs of comics. He did Future Quest. He oh, he's done so many good comics, and he's so nice. I had a chance to talk to him at one of the conventions, and uh, I, I think uh, again, I hate putting favorites. I, I'll say one of. He is one of my absolute favorite comic creators. Like anything with his name on it, I'll buy it just because he's that good. He's written such a wide, diverse uh, collection of stuff. I just absolutely love everything he does. Uh, all right, I got more to talk about. But that's my geeky stuff. What you got? Jeff better be worried if you actually ever do move to Portland, for God's sake. Well, yeah, one time when he and I were hanging out at a convention, it was – um, which one did you – you skipped Baltimore? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So he was at Baltimore, uh, and so he and I talked there, and, and I told him about my love of Portland and his stuff, and he's like, oh, next time you're there, you ought to call me. I will go out. And I know he was full of crap, but I was like, oh, okay. You know, I, I didn't bother the poor man. But uh, <laughs> um, I did joke about the stalking because he said – he said, you know, oh, I hope you had a good time. I hope you checked out our food trucks. So I sent him a picture of us with Rick and, and Nicholas Prom at the food trucks. I'm like, wait a minute. Are you stalking me? I thought it was the comic fan's job to stalk, not the creator's job. And he's like, well, we, I have to make sure my fans are, red, are eating well. 
So anyway, it's, it's adorable. It's out on Twitter. I, I, I love the man. So anyway. You, you guys are just adorable. We are. We're, we're cutesies. All right. Tell me something about you. So uh, we did a bunch of geeky stuff, of course, because it's me and Kelly's a geek too. We went to a bookstore like you. We went to a... A lot of this was on Corey's recommendation, obviously, because he's got places to tell us about. There was a fun little bookstore called Pro Libris, which was basically your classic, classic uh, used bookstore. You walk in and it's just packed to the gills from floor to ceiling everywhere. There's one guy working at the, the counter and he's got like this crazy mane of like gray hair and he's all hunched over a newspaper there was a goldfish in a in a bowl sitting on he i think he was even smoking a cigarette which doesn't seem smart in a bookstore <laughs> but i mean it was old books so that was fun uh, i found the, a um paperback edition of lost horizon which is one of my favorite books there and kelly bought some stuff uh we went to a small but very quaint a very cute little comic store called galactic comics it was a store that the the owner had just opened a year earlier uh, and he told us the story that he wanted to be a professional hockey player. And, oh, wow. And his two loves are hockey and comics. And he actually apparently made it to, I don't know if he made it to the actual NHL. That's hockey, right? NHL. <laughs> yes. Um, but, he, but, he, but he got to some level of some professional caliber and apparently played like half a year and his body just got so injured that his doctor was like, yeah, you can't do this. Like, you're, oh, just, wow. you're just going to die. So he <laughs> gave it up and he indulges other love, which is comics. And it was a fun little store. I don't really keep up on modern stuff anymore. So I was going through the back issue bins. And of course, as I have mentioned on other episodes, you know, to, 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 uh, to, to modern comic fans, old comics are the nineties. Right, right. Early 2000s. For me, the stuff I'm looking for is early 80s and 70s because that was when I was really young and coming up. And, of course, by that point, those those comics are really old. And you don't find a lot of them in small comic stores anymore just because nobody has them. But, they disintegrate with age much like your hairline did. That's right. And so uh, – but, but this store did have a six for a dollar section. What six for a dollar? Not oh, even, I hope I hope Professor Allen's listening. I know that's like that's like seventeen cents a book or fifteen wow. cents a book or something. So anyway, actually it was five for a dollar, and then you got a sixth one for free. But I mean, you know, it's the same thing. So anyway, I was zipping through them, and every you know fifty com- all fifty like you'd get fifty comics in a row, and it was all stuff from the late nineties, early two thousands. It's all Reign of Superman. (laughs) It's all Reign. Literally, it's like Reign of Superman, long haired, uh, I mean, uh, like a heroes reborn Thor, you know, it's, you know, death's head 2099. It's all stuff. Oh my God. And then you'd find something from the seventies. And I just pulled that out and made the pile. So eventually I bought like an issue of strange adventures with Adam strange, uh, a Jimmy Olsen. No, wow. Um, I bought, uh, what else? Oh, shoot. Uh, a, um, a DC, uh, oh, a um, Weird War Tales, a Men of oh, War. I took so a picture good. of it. I put it on, on Facebook. And it was that was awesome. That was just so cool because I just literally, I think I plucked whatever comics were from that era out of those sections. I don't think there's any left. I took them all at that point. So that was a, that was a cute little store. Uh, we did go to an antique store, this massive antique store that look, took us hours to go through. And it was, that was again like a, uh, uh, a bucket list thing because it's like for Kelly, because it was like we went antiquing in new england in the fall i mean it was Aww. just so twee and it was like we we're walking around <laughs> in, a, in a wes anderson movie for god's sake so that that was nice uh we went to a place called queen city arcade which is a arcade slash restaurant slash movie theater and hmm. you can rent rooms to show movies to like you can like rent a private theater 
and run a movie for yourself. And now we didn't do that, obviously, but there was an arcade. We played Miss Pac-Man. We played air hockey. I beat her two games to zero, by the way. Um, <laughs> so that was cool. I've got a t-shirt because uh, I'm, I've, I've now come that guy. I buy t-shirts of every place I go to. Okay. Um, and then the other big thing we did geeky wise is that we went to a drive-in. Uh, not that far away from Corey's house uh, is a is st- a still working drive-in, and they were showing as a Friday night horror double because, of course, this was right before Halloween. Uh, we they were showing Carrie, the original, and Silence of the Lambs, and oh, so wow. we went to that, and that was really fun. That was great, and uh, it was very sparsely attended, which made us a little sad. But apparently, it's a lot busier in the summer. That uh, by the time it gets October, it's it's thinning out a little. We we but, tried to go uh, when we were there, but it was just like Disney films. Oh, my uh, wife's right. desperate to go to a drive-in. She's like, I'm not gonna go see a Disney movie. I'm like, all right. Well, this this theater has two screens, and they show kids movies on one screen and adult movies, you know, adult, but you know, what adult, I mean? like, <laughs> not not kids movies on the other screen. So that was great. That was just super super fun. Uh, I just we we've been to two drive-ins together now. And That's awesome. there's one in New Jersey as well. And that was, that was just tremendous. We had an absolute bliss. And that goes back to the whole thing about me getting lost. Driving back in rural Maine at <laughs> 1130 at night is not the most relaxing thing in the world. It gets dark so early, right? Well, it's also just there's no streetlights. Right. There's no okay. streetlights. So it's like <laughs> it's your headlights and that's it. And, you know, I'm just like I swear Leatherface is going to come out any moment. But he's going to got like a... A Bahaba accent, you know. <laughs> so that was our big, that was our big geeky stuff of the of the geeky relates stuff. That was the stuff we did while we were in. I got to share one more banger thing. Uh, it's sort of geekyish. So in, in downtown Banger, there is a Stephen King bookstore. Um, I don't, I don't remember if it's called the Stephen King bookstore, but it's called something. And we went to there, and I, I've, I've. I haven't read a Stephen King book since I was probably 12 or 13 years old. Uh, and even then I just read some of the anthology of night shift. I mean, that was it. And so I owned a bunch, but I, I never got around reading them. So I bought, I wanted to purposely buy a Stephen King book, uh, in Bangor, Maine. Cause Gina's a huge fan of Stephen King. She's read almost everything is. Um, but I'm like, all right, I want to buy one. So I bought, uh, 112363 or 112263. Sorry. I misquoted Dr. Who Day, uh, 112263. And, uh, I, I read that. It's not on what the, the sh- book's about, Shag. It should be about Dr. Who. But anyway, uh, I, I bought 112263 and damn, that was a great book. I mean, wow. The thing was phenomenal, but I just, uh, I, I was kind of cool. I was very happy. Like, like your, how Kelly bought Salem's lot. I was excited to buy a, a Stephen King book in Bangor, which is pretty cool. Um, one of, one of the things that we did do that was not in Bangor, but like we went to Acadia National Park, uh, which I know you've been to. Oh um, so, so it, yeah, now we didn't, we didn't hike. We just decided to take a, a driving tour because there's different tours you can take. Mm-hmm. Wind around the mountain. And we went to this, uh, we went to get these things called, uh, popovers, which is this little pastry thing that Corey recommended. Corey was, uh, once ran a bed and breakfast and is an excellent, he's a genuine chef. So we take Corey's culinary advice whenever we can, whenever we can. Uh, so that was, that was nice. Again, we're not, I'm not super big hikey and she's not either. So we just kind of took the throne, but it was certainly beautiful, uh, to look at. And the one thing I will think of more about Acadia National Park was, when you get there, of course, because you're in the mountains, you're not getting any cell phone reception. Um, <laughs> true. And so uh, we were having, we were arranging, uh, not only were we 
getting use of Corey's house, Corey was taking care of our cat, Frankie, for us, uh, which was very nice because we decided to leave Frankie here because this has been her home for like 10 months and this is what she's used to. So, uh, but he, Corey was going to come over every day and hang out with her and feed her. And the first day, this was the first day that he was going to go over there and we had to give him like a special key to get in. And there's all these different things you got to do to get in here. And, um, you got to get through the retinal scans. Yeah, exactly. So you can see, right. so you can see the Aquaman collection. Right. Yeah. You're, you, could, you have to be a Justice League member and have a signal device to get it. <laughs> but anyway, I knew he was going to go over there. He told me when he was going to go over and, and take care of her. And it was right around the time we were in Acadia National Park. And I'm seeing that we don't have any cell phone reception. And I wasn't going to let it, like, I wasn't going to let it, like, ruin the trip and be like, you know, I want to get out of here so I can get cell phone reception. I wasn't going to go that far, but I was anxious because I was just like, we've never left her alone. Corey's, maybe, what happens if he can't get into the house? What if there's something wrong with the scanner? And what happens if, like, the concierge tries to call us to see if it's okay? The stranger comes in and he can't get a hold of it. You know, and I just let my mind get, because I'm, Kelly makes fun of me all the time for this. Like I treat my cat like she is just the best little princess ever. And like, you know, just can, can, can never be inconvenienced or suffer for any reason. Cause I'm just, I'm so in love with this cat. And so I was worried about it. I just had this anxiety that if there was something wrong, Corey could not get a hold of us. But then we finally leave Acadia Park. We go to Bar Harbor and we'll talk about that in a moment. So we go to, and then I get cell phone reception because you can tell all of a sudden, you know, I got 75 Facebook notifications. Right? Oh, okay, great. <laughs> All Derek William crap. And then uh, you get that. And then I see that I got a, a text from Corey. And I'm like, oh, great. I click it. And what do I see? A photo of Corey holding Frankie in his arms. Aww. And I'm like, oh, obviously she's not that upset that we're gone. <laughs> no, but that's like a furry dream though you got a furry cat you got a furry cory I mean, it's just yeah, it it's a, a lot beauty. of fur a lot of fur in the picture but it was just so funny because i was so worried that maybe she would like run away from cory or just be scared and then i'm like yeah no not so much she my cat is really love the one you're with kind of thing so like, okay <laughs> fine all right i think that's a positive personal oh it absolutely is a positive but it just made me just kind of like okay frankie all right thanks oil <laughs> so, but i mean I you know he was there to feed her so I got to share one more Corey story. Uh, one of my favorite things, as the pandemic got started, we, we had a chat with Corey. Uh, I don't remember whether it was text or verbal, whatever. I think it was one of our podcasts we did, one of the Meanwhile episodes. And Corey was in Banger, Maine, right? Because he was – when he started. And he goes, you know what? I'm thinking about not leaving because the one thing Banger, Maine has going for it is it has a toilet toilet paper factory here. And <laughs> so there's, there's a lot to be said for being a Banger Rob. Yeah, I'd say absolutely. Um, so the one other uh, place I do want to mention, just in terms of places that we visited, is I mentioned we went to Bar Harbor. I was no, Bahaba. you didn't. There it is. Yep, Bahaba, there it is. Bahaba. <laughs> and so we went to we went to Bahaba, and you know, it's so funny because I have we Kelly and I have learned this about each other and ourselves is that because Bahaba is just again, it's like whatever whatever cutesy stuff that is in Bangor. Bahaba is that times a gajillion D. Uh, yeah. It's all just frou-frou little shops and like all like artisanally made coffee that takes 45 minutes to get or whatever and <laughs> costs 17.50. You know, I mean, and it's the, and everything is like all the signs are all handmade and everything is all, you know, it is just, it is twee beyond twee. A lot of and t-shirt it, shops. You must have had a really hard time picking. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's like every third shop in Bar Harbor is Bar Harbor merchandise. So yeah. It's like the, you know, um, <clears throat> And it's the kind of thing where I realize that it's like, 
I make fun of this. I make fun of this kind of aesthetic because it is so twee and so kind of cutesy. And yet I love it. It Mm -hmm. is. I mean, we literally started joking. I'm doing air quotes, joking about looking to see how much like apartments were in Bahama. And at one point we walked by this building that had a second floor that was clearly empty and there was these giant windows. And I was like, I could picture myself podcasting from there. I could see that. You know what I mean? Like I was like, I started imagining myself as like a Chris from Northern Exposure. where He did the radio (laughs) show and everybody knew him. And it was just like, we went to this restaurant and it was up on a roof and they were like, you could bring your dogs there. So there were dogs all around us. And it's just one of these things where I'm like, I totally make fun of this kind of thing because I just think it's so again cutesy and twee and self-referential and a little self-congratulatory but at the same time I absolutely love it and you were mentioning about uh you know people going to things going to like the redwoods and maybe they don't go all the time because they live there and right Bar Harbor is right on the ocean I mean sits right there's the view of the Atlantic Ocean from from right there and they have this giant gazebo that sits right in the center of this park and you can just sit on these little rely on these little uh, reclining chairs and look out over the ocean. And there was a woman sitting there with her coffee, just sitting there, just looking out of the ocean, drinking her coffee. And I remember thinking, if I lived here, I honestly think I would go to that gazebo every day for like a half hour mm. because the view is so amazing. Now, obviously I probably wouldn't if I lived there, cause I would get, you know, I, it would become commonplace. I've had people say to me, God, you must be in New York every weekend. You're so close. No, I hardly ever go to New York because I've just grown up with it. You know what I right. mean? It's like it's not anything special. I can just go when I want. But to people who've never been to New York, they can't believe that you're not there every time. But at the same time, we were – when we got home, I was literally looking up apartment rates in Bar Harbor, which is a crazy because I don't want to live in Maine. It's too cold. Well, I was going to say – Understand their season is like May to September. That's exactly. it. <laughs> yeah. But nevertheless, so it was it Bahaba. We just, we loved it. We just thought it was just so delightful. And they had like a thing. They had a little thing that was like, hey, free masks. If you need a mask, oh, wow. take a mask. And I'm like, wow, we love science here. You know, it was just <laughs> like, it was great. And it, it was, it was the kind of thing where we said we would like, as much as we want to see different places, we have a ton of, we have a whole list of things we want to go to we would go back to oh, like wow. Bar Harbor. We would be like, yeah, that would be worth going to again. And like going in the, the, you know, the summer when it's beautiful and like that. we just really loved it. We went for a great walk in Bahaba all along the, the water line. And yep. uh, I went past these, I, I, I don't know whether they were mansions or what the hell they were, but they were just stunning. And you ended up in the woods and just, uh, it's, it's so gorgeous there. Now is, is, I know you're a vegetarian. Is Kelly a vegetarian as well? She's not. Did she try a lobster bake? No, she didn't. We went to this. We ate a lot of cheese on this trip. Nothing uh, wrong with that. Yeah, we had a lot. No, no, no. We had a. I I ordered at this one restaurant in Bahaba. Again, it's all fru fru stuff. I ordered a sixteen dollar plate of mac and cheese. And I was like, <laughs> I wonder what that. I mean, what what's so special about that? Well, it's really just a whole lot of that. Uh, and you have to pay those prices because that's how they pay the rent. So no, she did not get. She's not big on seafood. Okay. Uh, but but uh, you know we we oh. That, just the, the bottom at the end of that story is, she, sorry, Bahaba, she missed nothing. It's awful. It's 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 a like a hot dog bun with a slab of lobster in there. It's oh, not is that good. what it is? Okay. Yeah, and yeah. then they cover it with gunk, and it's uh, all the people in Maine are like, "No, you're doing it wrong." No, I'm not. It did it wrong by itself. But, I, I will mention that one of my favorite things in the world to do is eat outside. 
I, I, if I could eat outside, <laughs> I feel I, I feel an Auntie Annie's pretzel story coming. Oh uh, yeah, on. it really is like that. <laughs> I, if I could eat outside all the time, I would. And we ate every meal outside. We got lucky. You got lucky with weather. We got lucky with weather because I assumed that Maine in late October was going to be quite cold. And it was cold, but it wasn't that bad. So we ended up eating. We went to this great Mexican restaurant that Corey and Jamie, his fiance Jamie, recommend. And we ate outside there. We ate outside in Bahaba. We ate outside in Bangor. So we had every meal outside. And that was marvelous because that is just my favorite. I feel so cosmopolitan. It's just my favorite thing to eat outside. And I was so, I felt that was like my present is that we got to do that every single time. So that was terrific. That's awesome. That's so fantastic. I'm so glad you enjoyed Bar Harbor. I, I, I love that town. We stayed, we stayed a couple nights there. Uh, we stayed in a dumpy hotel, but it's cause all we can afford. It's so expensive there. Yeah. Uh, especially during the season, but, uh, it, it's, it's just beautiful. And you're right. It's, it's that, it feels kind of like the, didn't it feel a little bit like the town from Jaws to you? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It feels a little bit like that little, you know, little tiny, you know, amnity, islandy kind of like, you know, a very heavy relying on tourism, but everyone's waves and, and smiles and mm-hmm. the mayor probably has a jacket with anchors on it or something. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, but, but, but while I've got two seconds, I will tell you, uh, this is not banger. Um, but just before I forget, uh, one, another one of my favorite comic shops I've been to is in Portland, Maine. Uh, it's, it, if you ever go in that area, Casablanca Comics in Portland, Maine, it's in a basement. It is the coolest. Uh, I bought, um, the original Grendel run by, uh, not Grendel, I'm sorry, Mage run by Matt Wagner. They're all packaged together in a set. I mean, it's, the store was just awesome. So I'm just giving it a plug, geeky thing. If you're ever in Portland, Maine, look for Casablanca Comics, folks. The very last thing I will mention, uh, and it's not really, tr- it's not, uh, location related because it was Corey. Corey, uh, left us, uh, some cocktails that he made in the fridge for us. And, uh, cause again, he's a, a superb chef. And so he made us these cocktails and I had mine in an Aquaman tumbler. Oh my gosh. I had that in the house. And man, those things packed a punch. <laughs> I drank, we were, we decided to, to, to call it a night and we went back and, uh, I drank about half of it and I was tipsy. Oh, wow. I was tipsy and I put on a Star Trek movie and I was just like, okay, okay. <laughs> the great. motion picture is not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wasn't that drunk, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but man, yeah, it was, it packed a packed a, and she, Kelly can hold her liquor better than me. And she's very, uh, Marion Ravenwood like that. And so <laughs> she just finds me hysterical when I'm tipsy. Cause I just get silly and stupid again. I don't, what's the difference, but I but, uh, can't but, tell uh, the difference when you're drunk or sober. So. But yeah, I texted Corey. I was like, dude, man, these things really, you know, they sneak up on you because they, they tasted kind of like fruit punch and you're just like chowing it down. And then, you know, halfway through, I was like, Oh, okay. All right. Okay. So that was uh, again, that was a very nice thing for, for Corey and Jamie to leave us for these, these wonderful cocktails. And the whole, the whole trip was utterly magnificent. It was it great sounds time. like they're the, uh, the sneaker wave of, of alcoholic drinks, by the way. It could sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> so I interrupted the last sentence there. So the whole trip was, Fantastic. It was just marvelous. We had a great time. Uh, again, the drive was a little long, but we were very smart in that we took the day off from work before the trip and after the trip. So we got back late Sunday night and then just went to sleep and had all day Monday to just chill, which was so much a, a good idea because we didn't get back until like, you know, I think seven or eight. And then it would have been awful to like, oh, we got to go to bed and go to work the next day. So it was marvelous. We bookended the trip with days off, uh, which was just fantastic. So it was, it was, it was great. It was, we would do it again in a minute. And Corey is actually getting, and it, it, his, um, 
he's actually going to be tearing down that house, <gasps> re- rebuilding, oh. building a brand new one on the land. And uh, it's going to be because uh, it's going to there's going to have there's going to be presumably a, a, a Drew family at some point, and so he needs a little more space. And so you know, he said, "Well, the next time you come up, you'll it'll probably see the new place." And so we can't wait because it, it was just marvelous. And again, we just thank him and his fiance Jamie for their generosity, of letting us use their their house. It was just uh, fantastic. I thought you were going to say he was going to build a mother-in-law, uh, mother-in-law suite for you, like a podcasting suite where you're able to stay. Well, uh, he is. He doesn't know that yet. Listen <laughs> to this episode, but yeah, it's coming. Perfect. Excellent. Uh, last thing I'll say about my trip is that my favorite thing besides spending in an amazing, absolutely amazing week with my glorious wife, who I absolutely adore. Uh, I will mention, by the way, one of the places we had, um, we stayed at in uh, Depo Bay. Is, is this cute little hotel. It's only got so many rooms. Uh, it's it's got to be a converted house or office or something. I don't know what it is. It's, it's the way it's laid out. But either way, while we're in there, the guy's like, hey, you know, we didn't have – we're not full tonight, so do you mind if we upgrade you to the nicest suite in the place? I'm like, okay, thanks. <laughs> so we got this amazing suite, uh, and in our room, the bathtub is actually a jacuzzi whirlpool outside on the patio – with privacy screens overlooking the Pacific Ocean. Oh, so, um, oh my goodness. Yeah, so we cranked that up, got a night nice, because it's freaking cold outside. It was almost uh, almost freezing at night. So cranked that up, got it nice and hot, and, and got in the jacuzzi and just sat there and looked at the Pacific Ocean and uh, just had some nice, uh, wonderful time together. So it was, it was absolutely glorious. But my, my favorite thing on the trip, as far as the most fun, and there's a little bit of a geeky element to this, was we in, in, the, in the Oregon Dunes, which is near Florence, Oregon, it's it's like a giant freaking desert in the middle of Oregon. We went on dune buggy rides and I tried to take video of this and I put it on Facebook. It does it absolutely no justice. This thing was the craziest hour long roller coaster thrill ride hanging on the side of a cliff adventure I've ever had in my life, dude. The guys going flat out. It, it, it held, uh, there was just four of us and the driver and, and he said it's like a 4,000 pound vehicle and he is, he has no F's left to give this man, the way he drives, he, he's going 50, 60 miles an hour. It was probably 50 across. Um, he told us up to 50 anyway, across this dune desert and huge, just we're catching air. We're going literally like almost 90 degrees sideways along a sand hill, sliding down hills. I mean, it was insane. There were so many times I never thought I was going to die, but there were moments where like, yeah, this is where you could flip. You really could. And it was so much fun. And, uh, several times I'm sure we passed a Sarlacc pit. Uh, I have no doubt, but, uh, it was, that, that's the geeky part for you. But anyway, um, it was so exciting and it was an hour long and it was awesome. I, I'd never been on a dune buggy ride like that before. And, uh, just the thrill of the adventure of the leaping and the jumping and the sideways and ups and downs and not knowing what's going to happen around the next turn was so much freaking fun. And <laughs> both, both my wife and I were like, uh, by the way, I will say Anakin was right. Sand does get everywhere. But um, it's uh, it's super, super fun. So if you ever are in Oregon and you get a chance to go to the Oregon Dunes, get one of the dune buggy rides, the full tilt fast ones. It's amazing. So, But, yeah, it was, it was a fantastic trip. Uh, I think my wife and I um, fell in love with Oregon even more this trip. I didn't know that we could uh, now that we've seen more of the state. Uh, so we, uh, we, we definitely want to end up there. And we came home on Saturday night, actually Halloween. And I felt guilty because this is the first Halloween – that I can recall in my adult life that I haven't given out candy because we didn't get home till like eight thirty, you know, and we're unpacking bags. We didn't have any candy. I normally give out comics. I didn't have any of that. So I felt terrible. Um, but it just, uh, there was, we were too pooped. We just had to crash. So, but 
fun, fun, fun trip. And uh, it was great to get away. And thank you to the network for letting us get away. And uh, that was wonderful. We really appreciate that. And, you know, seeing what a mess the other guys made of the HQ, we really should not go on vacation at the same time ever again. I, I agree. I mean, we had the legal reasons for having to travel to other parts of the country at the same time. Nobody uh, did any dishes. There's all these blow molds all over the place, even though it's past Halloween. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan tried to cancel several of our shows. It was ridiculous. You beat me to that joke, damn it. <laughs> all these empty Tim Hortons boxes. Did I get everybody in there? I think, yeah. I don't know. Something like that. Something like something, that. Something Nathaniel. I don't know. Right. <laughs> uh, one, one other thing I will mention. Zoom, Zoom produced four more shows while yeah, we were gone. Zoom produced four. We found... 16 more shows of zooms uh <laughs> um the one thing i last thing i will mention and it's not related to the trip but it is related to you being gone was of course last week i did the show my interview with Charlie fish and that was amazing that was so good it was so fun it was i love Charlie, and it was great finally having a chance to talk to him long form that was just a, a blast and uh but of course i recorded a separate for anyone who hasn't uh heard the show yet i recorded a separate intro where i did the in-stock trades uh plugs because i don't when i'm interviewing a guest i don't want to make them sit through all the plugs so i just record a separate intro and then we run some promos and then we get to the interview and i you know look i have always had an appreciation for the fact that that i let and i let i ask that shag take the lead in all of our shows he does the intros he kind of is the the driver of it i'm bringing up the rear because i kid you not i think it took me 26 takes to record <laughs> that intro. We've only could, been doing it like what? Uh, I know. Almost I, 10 years. <laughs> I could not stop screwing up. And I, for some reason, over the first five or six, I was like, look, I can do this all in one go. I'll just start over. And by the time I got to like take 18, it became like a Stanley Kubrick film. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to piece this together. <laughs> I was driven completely mad. And of course, when I'm recording, like, you don't, I don't, I don't stop the recording in between takes, like I just let it run. And so not this tape does not exist anymore because I deleted it. But if you could listen to it, you would hear me, you know, welcome to the fire and water podcast network. I'm here. And, but I, we shall then pause. <laughs> no. And I see it, it really does sound like Jack Torrance, just having a complete breakdown. And it just drove me nuts. And I have such an appreciation for the fact that, I make fun of you when you blow a take and we have to start over. But you, at the most, you've done like three or four. This thing was an epic disaster. It was, <laughs> it, I mean, it, it, I mean, there's no other, it was like a devil's punch ball. That's all I can call uh, it. it was just absolutely ridiculous. So, I mean, I hope you appreciate that intro, everybody, because it took me an hour and a half to record uh that makes me feel really good and anyone who's recorded jli with me knows that when i do screw up i tend to throw around a lot of special f words so uh i i, I can definitely relate to that buddy yeah. i can relate oh, to that man Whew. but it was a great interview I, it was such a joy to hear charlie it's a shame you were on the same call but either way charlie was great he told some amazing stories sure uh and it just it's weird it's like just hearing him tell this stuff it's like i relived all of the joy we experienced when we did that scooby-doo team-up episode like i relived all of it at that moment just hearing him talk about it so yeah. uh so much fun that was that was absolutely fantastic rob thank great you for sharing guy. that with the world yeah great guy all right folks well that is gonna do it uh go out and leave your comments about our vacations um <laughs> rob what's that website <laughs> tell us what your favorite part of my trip to maine was exactly <laughs> go, go to fire we are the worst go to fireandwaterpodcast.com yeah, slash self-indulgent <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, you'll find that there. And then uh, I'm not going to do an image gallery. Really, just go to Rob's Facebook and my Facebook and look at our travel pictures. I mean, that's, that's probably the best way to go, folks. I both that's posted fun. a bunch on Instagram, so you can see them there if you don't have Facebook. I get it. And uh, that's I guess that's going to do it. But, yeah, go out, you know. Twitter, Facebook, find us, all that jazz, and uh, come back next time. That's, that's you know, really you know what next time is, Shag? Episode 250 of the final. Oh, my gosh. Is it really? Yes. Wow. We're going to have to come up with something special. I mean, no. We've been planning uh, special episode 250 since we started the network, Rob. We just are oh, not yeah. ready to reveal that's the secret of uh, that episode yet. All right. Yeah, that's that's true. I'm sorry. That, yeah. That's it. That's going to be it. Anyway, folks, that's going to do it. So uh, thank you for listening. And uh, remember, fan the flame. Ride the wave.